It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Pressure. How much pressure? There's pressure everywhere. Everybody's got pressure. It's the Super Bowl. That's me selling it right out of the gate. Carlin versus Joe in person in Bristol, Connecticut at the headquarters of ESPN on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. You're here every day, but it's a big deal for me to be here. I can't repeat the language, but what just happened in the minute leading up to the start of this show, that's no way to lead into a show. No. no, You're chaos. uh, Trying to get into the right headspace, and let's just put it this way. Bubba was a part of it, so that makes it a problem right away. And Catalyst for it. Bubba is bailing out uh, because Greeny is not going to be here uh, for their team dinner. You know, all the shows are coming up the next couple days. Everybody's going out to dinner. We're going out to dinner tonight, getting great wings here. That, I think, once again, every man, it fits into the show. Carlin versus Joe, the people's show. Exactly. Relatable to the people. The common man, you are me, not so much. I like my F1. But I've said this millions of times. I wash my caviar down with champagne just like everybody else. Just like everybody else. And it's not Corbell. I can guarantee (laughs) you that. And we love Corbell because it's amazing, uh, you know, with the mornings and the uh, the whole, uh, what's the orange juice drink? The the, mimosa. The mimosa. A hell of a beverage. At, At any rate, how about Bubba is going to dinner with the morning show because they are going to the fancier restaurant. Yeah. So it's not wings for Bubba. Greeny's not coming up. He's got to make sure to go bougie uh, with the morning show, which, you know, I mean, Evan, every morning is dressing like he's 10 years younger and hanging out as a single guy in New York City. And Michelle Smallman is a socialite. Let's just call it what it is. She is a, a, a single young lady living in New York City and loving life. Canty uh, does not slum. He does not slum. No, 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 he does not. I, but, but between that show and you, Bubba, that restaurant's going to smell you guys coming from a mile away. They're not, they know you don't belong there. I just want you to know, when people are casting a weary eye on you, know it's because they know. They know who should be there and who shouldn't be. By the way, Canty had an all-time line this morning dropping the, I played against Tom Brady in the comparison, and I'm walking around, oh, that is irrelevant to the conversation at hand. Just because you played against him does not make you more qualified to weigh in on Brady versus Mahomes. You know, when he and I were working together and when Bart Scott and I were working together, they both had their pictures up in the studio of them sacking or getting to and hitting Tom Brady. <laughs> you have but to. had to be Tom Brady. Had to be. That is awesome. I would have done the exact same thing. Absolutely. It's Carla versus <laughs> Joe on ESPN Radio on Sirius XM Channel 80 as we prepare for Super Bowl 58. And we talk about pressure so much. And we have talked about Kyle Shanahan this week and where it ranks for him. And I don't believe at the moment that there is anyone else that has more pressure on them in this game than Kyle Shanahan. You went through a chapter and verse the other day, all of the foibles that he has had, uh, not just in the Super Bowl, in the playoffs as well, as both a head coach and a coordinator. And you got to be very careful here if you're Kyle Shanahan and getting this many bites at the apple and then not being able to get over the hump. And in fact, 
playing a big role in why your team didn't get over the hump. These windows can close quick. Yeah. What they've had over the last few years is very special. It is not the norm. Very, very rare to build a team and compete at a high level for close to five years now. In and out of NFC Championship games, in and out of the Super Bowl, threatening here, threatening there, and then you add Shanahan's success in Atlanta how many years ago? Seven, I believe. Should know that. It's the exact age of my oldest child, because that happened the exact same weekend. Eh, but, you know. I cut you some slack. Who's paying attention to that? Exactly. All these opportunities, you, you got to walk through at some point. You got to close. At some point, you're going to have to close. And the fact that they've done it with a multitude of quarterbacks, it's not as if they've been riding Josh Allen in Buffalo, Joe Burrow in Cincinnati, Mahomes in Kansas City. It was Jimmy Garoppolo, and then they were going to try to do something with Trey Lance, and then Darnold came in this year, and maybe uh, you know Purdy was a one-hit wonder, and it turns out Purdy's the guy. So here we go. It's not just about taking advantage of the opportunity. Shanahan has to manage this game properly because he's known as a guy who has mismanaged two very big spots in his career. As the offensive coordinator in Atlanta during the second half of the Super Bowl against the Patriots, led 28-3, was throwing the ball way too frequently down the stretch there. And then in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs four years ago, 10-point lead in the fourth quarter, again, throwing the ball too often. Chief defender said after that game, we cannot believe he went away from the run. We were praying he would go away from the run. They were killing us on the ground, and their prayers were answered. So here you go. The manner in which he manages this game is going to speak volumes as to his place in the coaching hierarchy and what we say about him moving forward because you know what we say about Mike McCarthy, and that's a guy with a Super Bowl on his mantle. Oh, that is not the name you want in the same sentence. And there are some other names, too. Jeff Saturday this morning, ESPN NFL analyst on Unsportsmanlike, very much believes the same thing when it comes to Shanahan and his legacy and how it all plays in right now. I think this is massive for him. I just think when you think about Shanahan's gone to the Super Bowl, you know, has the 28-3 lead as a coordinator, can't get there, goes as a head coach, gets beat by Mahomes and Reed, right? And so now he gets another shot at this thing, but it's the pressure of getting there and completing it and how that frames your long-term legacy. Not, is he a great coach? Heck yeah, he's a great coach. Brother dude keeps going to Super Bowls. He wins, he does all, but everybody's like, oh no, he can't win the big one. And you're like, really? So it's just it's just how you frame, and I think that's the pressure that I think he's a great coach, irrespective of what happens come Sunday. But but that's that's the legacy conversation that people always want to. Well, have. you know the conversation you start to have. I know the morning show was comparing him to Andy Reid in his Philadelphia time. Oh, about okay. Really good coach, win a lot of games, couldn't get over the hump. Obviously, it has changed dramatically for Andy Reid since he went to Kansas City. I don't think it's that. I don't think it's that good. I think it ends up being more of a Marv Levy discussion because if you think about it, then he's been in the position as a coordinator already. This would be a a second Super Bowl where his team didn't come through if they lose the game. And what do we say about those guys? Jeff kind of alluded to it right there. When you're a great coach and you can't get the big one, it makes all the difference in your legacy, whether you're Marv Levy, whether you're Dan Reeves, These guys are not treated with the same reverence as some of the other ones, especially guys who won a lot less games than those guys did, but came through with a couple of Super Bowls. Chip changes everything. Yep. The chip changes everything. It it, it will define you for the rest of your career. You look, it's further down the spectrum, but, but Marvin Lewis, 
could not win in the postseason. Yeah. Cincinnati, year after year, found their way to the playoffs, and Marvin Lewis regarded as a very good coach. I mean, with what he was given in Cincinnati, with the budget constraints and the players he dealt with in that locker room, he did an excellent job of putting forth the best possible product with the ingredients he had. But once he would get to the playoffs, it was game over. I think he was 0-7 in his career as a head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals in the playoffs. Just could not get it done there. With Shanahan, there's a lot at stake here when we talk about legacies. Look no further than how many hundred miles south in Los Angeles. Sean McVay, someone he came up with, one of his friends. Someone that he does battle with minimum two times a year in the NFC West. Someone who was on his father's coaching staff in Washington with him. McVay's gone and gotten his ring. Yep. We can say what we want about McVay now. I know I've been critical of him, of how he handled that Detroit game. I think his game management at times is suspect. That's his weak spot. But he does have a Super Bowl. And ultimately, you got to shut your mouth when you get to that part of the conversation. Shanahan doesn't have that yet. It changes everything for him. Because we're talking about him being recognized as one of the greats in the game currently. And then the sky's the limit moving forward. Because he brought so much stability to that franchise. People forget... The coach before him was a one-and-done Chip Kelly. Before that was a one-and-done Jim Tom Sula. The mm-hmm. Niners were a mess. That's right when I moved up to the Bay Area coming off the Harbaugh era. They were a mess. He has brought a lot of stability to that organization. Now it's time to go one step further. Join guys like Bill Walsh, George Seifert. But that's the thing. The the other guys that I mentioned brought a lot of stability to organizations for a long time, whether it's Reeves with the Broncos and then going on to the Falcons, or whether it's um, Marv Levy with the Bills. And... It is an unenviable position to be in because I remember Dean Smith said this after, like the day after he won his first championship. Am I a better coach today than I was yesterday? Probably not. Probably not. Interesting. But you get hung on that because you cannot control what the public perception, what the public opinion of you is. And Marv Levy was a great coach, but none of us are ever going to associate Marv Levy with good things. Because of what happened all those oh. years. So all Four of a sudden, straight Super Bowls is remarkable, too. And yes. we look at it as, man, Marv Levy, you don't want to be him. Exactly. Despite the fact that he's fantastic. So if he gets to another Super or if he loses another Super Bowl here, and really all he can do to affect this is lose the game. I don't know if he can win it, but he can certainly lose it. This is a big-time spot for Kyle Shanahan. See, I subscribe to a different theory. You talk about Dean Smith, and that makes a lot of sense. I've always loved what Teddy Atlas has to say, and maybe this is just about boxers, but he's always had the line, and I'm going to butcher it here, but becoming a champion automatically makes you 10% better. Mm. And John Anik repeated it in the third installment of the Leon Edwards Kamaru Usman fight because Edwards had lost the first one and then in the second one needed the famous head kick late in the fifth round to steal the win but then the next time they met Anik was talking about it Teddy Atlas has always said this when you become champion the confidence level the mindset everything else elevates to a new level and then when Edwards and Usman met again it was a completely different story Edwards kind of dominated that fight compared to the other two that's going into the weeds but I've always liked that theory of once you get over the hump things open up you start to see the field a little bit better but who am I to criticize the great Dean Smith well it's not even criticizing it's just how he felt basically saying he's completely wrong it's not criticism it's just me telling him he's completely wrong or it's just fact Carla We're off and Joe, running. ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Evan points out Marv Levy's a Hall of Famer. One last point on it. That's great. If Kyle Shanahan was a Hall of Famer but didn't win a Super Bowl, how do you think Kyle Shanahan feels about that? You think you want to go the other way? Have the Super Bowl and not be in the Hall of Fame? I think I would rather have that. I think yeah, because then you could say you got snubbed. You can always blame the committee. Exactly. It's on them, those stodgy old guys. Is Kyle Shanahan a Hall of Famer without the Super Bowl? 
Not that's what I'm asking. Well, not yet. Not, not yet, yet obviously. But if he goes he, to two he, more Super Bowls, he's still a Hall of Famer, even if he doesn't be. win one. Could be. Look at what he's doing could with be. the last pick in the draft at quarterback. I mean, it's the last pick in the draft at quarterback. That's a remarkable coaching job. Do we think Arthur Smith would have been able to do that in Atlanta? And I also can tell you Perhaps this. not. He what about go- Matt Canada? Would Matt Canada have gotten a lot out of, out of Brock Purdy? <laughs> Evan, it's he might be a Hall of Famer. None of us are ever going to think of him when we think of great coaches right away. When we start to have that conversation, which we're going to have here in just moments, like Marv Levy's name is not on that list. No. Unfortunately. That's why Marino's never top five. It sucks, but Marino is never in the top five category. Marino was awesome. One Super Bowl for Marino changes everything. He'd be top five on everyone's list. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Series 6M Channel 80, and of course on the ESPN app. My friends, Kyle Shanahan is chasing his first. Who is Andy Reid chasing at this point? It's next. We're on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Patrick Mahomes was also, though, talking about the Patriots and the way that they did it, that if they're going to have a dynasty, they would like to do it with a little more fun and a little more charisma. I don't think you can you can really say that you're a dynasty until it's over. And so for me, it's just trying to be great every single year. And uh, when I look back at my career, I'll know that I gave everything I had. You don't really look at that. You're so focused in on the next game. And I think if you make that your focus, you're probably going to have a problem and, and get knocked off uh, whatever pedestal people think you're on. Dynasty is a is a fair word when we're starting to talk about the Chiefs because when you go to six AFC championship games in a row and you have all of uh, this resume and you get a third one here, that's certainly more than fair. But what really gains my interest is kind of something that we were talking about a few moments ago, and that's where 
Andy Reid really fits into all of this. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. We were just talking about him in a somewhat less than positive light as somebody in Philadelphia that got to a Super Bowl, had a lot of great seasons with the Eagles, maximized Donovan McNabb's talents, but never got over the hump. And I, for one was somebody that felt like Andy Reid was incredibly overrated as a coach for a long time, and now I feel pretty stupid about that take in particular. Now, <laughs> First time for everything. Nah, listen, I got many different reasons. That's a, I don't need Andy Reid's help. But, uh, there, of course, there has been the talk about whether or not Andy Reid might retire after this game. Here is Clark Hunt, Chiefs owner on Mad Dog Sports Radio on Sirius XM on the topic. I've heard the same reports uh, that you have and uh, have been surprised to see so many of them out there uh, because I have no sense from Andy uh, that he's ready to retire. So you haven't asked him. You haven't said anything to him. You just feel that he's still uh, we, we, into it. Yeah, we have that conversation each offseason. And uh, so, you know, that's a conversation we'll have at the end of the year. But I, I'm not expecting him to retire. And Andy Reid said his parents told him while he was growing up that, quote, you'll know when it's time to stop working and added of his own situation, today's not that day. So it doesn't. Uh, his parents told him that growing up? I, I don't know. Whose parents give their kid, like a 14 year old, that advice? You'll know when it's time to retire. Doesn't feel like I'm going to be. I have a He's seven like and a me. five. I was ready to pack it in at 14. Yeah. <laughs> it's, Dad, I'd like to talk to you. Oh, here we go. Birds and the bees. Uh, when will I know the right time for retirement? <laughs> How full does the 401k have to be? <laughs> but this is the point with Andy. It, it He is clearly one of the greatest coaches of all time. He is top four in wins right now. And if he gets a third Super Bowl here, then you're entering rarefied air because only four coaches have won three titles. Belichick, Chuck Knoll, Bill Walsh, Joe Gibbs. Andy Reid would have taken teams to five Super Bowls at that point, won three of them, and at 65, if he's not retiring with Mahomes, he is about 50 wins away from Belichick at third and 70-some wins away from Shula. All of a sudden, that's not out of the question when you have number 15. No, when we're looking at all-time wins, yeah, he's sitting 258. Belichick is 44 ahead. George Hall is sitting at 318. When you're just churning out double-digit win seasons with Patrick Mahomes, you can stack that pretty quickly. One of the things about his legacy that's always going to stand out to me, and it feels like it's too far down the list for too many people, but it's the main reason why I want to bring it up, it's the longevity. We're in a day and age now where everyone wants everything instantaneously the second you draft the quarterback you want cj stroud and houston got him but that is the exception not the yeah. rule you want the head coach to come in and turn the program around immediately like D'Amico ryan's again the exception not the rule it takes time to build something up it takes time to win and then it takes time to do that over a long period of time to get yourself into these conversations. Andy Reid coached at a high level in Philadelphia for 12 years. How many guys have coached a single team for 12 or more years? After that ended, immediately went to Kansas City and is currently in his 11th season with the Chiefs. How many guys out there have two runs with separate teams 
double-digit years in length. That's incredible because people are looking to get everyone fired at every turn. At every turn, we want people fired. I mean, think about the conversation around Brian Dable this season. He comes in, he wows everybody, he turns the Giants around, he gets Daniel Jones playing at his best level ever, wins coach of the year, and within a few weeks into this season, everyone's like, I don't know if Dable's the guy, maybe you got to move on. That quickly, everyone turned on him. Reed's been doing it 23 years, 12 in Philly, 11 in Kansas City. That You can't make a big enough point about that. I hate, I hate, I hate. Little uh, voice crack there, I see. Little. <laughs> I hate. I was I was calling a basketball game last night. Very exciting. Any take you have that follows something like that, yeah. I'm just going to be clear, it's not going to be taken seriously. Should I just sit this one out then? Well, now that we've addressed it and we've regrouped, how'd the game go last night? Good? Yeah. Rutgers won. That was a big win for him. But, there you uh, go. It was a rock fight. Both teams shooting less than thirty percent in the first half. There Hope is you had the under. There is no. There is no sentence on earth that includes Rutgers men's basketball without concluding using the words rock fight. <laughs> There's two teams that will always bring that hey. up: them and Houston. If you talk about Houston basketball, yeah. how did Houston look last night? Oh, rock fight. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> but oh, I get it. That aside, like I. When it came up a few years ago, and I think it was during the pandemic, I hated the phrase. The Mount Rushmore of guys, right? But Andy Reid all of a sudden becomes with a third Super Bowl on that in that top four of all time. Do you believe he gets put there? Because think about all of this if you don't think about that. I mentioned earlier, maximize Donovan McNabb. Yeah. I mean, Donovan McNabb was a good quarterback, and Andy Reid helped turn him into a very good quarterback. Correct. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, as much as he's an incredible talent, think about everywhere else in the sport now, to your point earlier about C.J. Stroud, about all the coaches who have really set up young quarterbacks to fail. Patrick Mahomes was in the right situation to succeed, and he certainly has played a big role in his development now. So when I look at it all and I realize that Reed's got seven years on Belichick still. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know that Andy Reed's going to coach until he's 72, but wherever he goes to, you add the third, we're right there. If we're, we're going right up there. to the Rushmore, who are we bumping? Because the, the four coaches ahead of him in terms of Super Bowl wins, Belichick six, Chuck Knoll four, and he was 4-0 oh in Super Bowl. See, Bowls. but I'm not putting Chuck Knoll there. Okay, Chuck Knoll's well, not Well, here's the reason why. That here, Steel- here, here you go, Steeler fans. Not a lot of you out there. No. Chuck Knoll is not on that list because he had basically the same team for all four championships because it was a different era and you didn't have a free agency. You didn't have all that stuff going on. So you have the core of a group of about 10 to 12 Hall of Famers uh, on that team through the course of that run. So I can't give you credit like I might give credit to Belichick. You look at, well, he had Brady. Yes, he had Brady, but he had different casts and he made a lot out of what he had on defense. Trust me, Belichick would have loved to have Mean Joe Green for the stretch to have four championships. Is Andy Reid, Chuck Knoll, the new Jordan versus LeBron? <laughs> not quite. There's old guys driving around right now that are not happy with what you just said about Chuck Knoll. Well, I'm sorry. I Listen, as a Steeler fan, I love him, but it doesn't matter. He's not, he's not there. He's not there anymore. Joe Gibbs winning three Super Bowls, three different quarterbacks. That's quite impressive. That's impressive. He's up there. But where is he on the all-time wins list? Like, I'm going to factor both of those things in there. Big, dog would say this. Big factor, little factor. <laughs> uh, I, a big factor for me when I can tie those two things together. 
Shula's obviously on the list. Belichick's obviously on the list. What about Bill Walsh? Bill Walsh, the one thing before you say anything else, it's important to note how Walsh changed the game. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying Reed didn't change the game. Bill Walsh completely changed the way football Invented the West played. Coast offense. Yeah, and there's there's something to that. Guys who take the sport and leave it better than they found it. There's something to that, in my opinion. That's got to be accounted for. Plus, the Niners were trash before yeah. he got there. He oh, yeah. built them up. He put a whole plan in place that people are using to this day. I think the fourth spot, you can debate a couple of different guys, but I got to put Reed right there. So Shula's right on it for sure. Shula, Belichick's for Belichick. sure. Reed's on it if he wins this weekend. Yes. And then the four's up for grabs. So Reed isn't even battling for the four spot. If this were the college football playoff, Reed wins, he moves into the 2-3 matchup. Yes. Which isn't even apt anymore because we're done with the playoff. Dynamite drop in. It's Super Bowl week. I'm just working through things. <laughs> just, just That's my brain just working through things in real time on national radio. Uh, Joseph, the NBA trade deadline is tomorrow. So who's going to be active and who is laying out and maybe just dumping off players? We will get into it all after I tell you about this from our friends at Indeed. It is the perfect time to gear up and connect to quality candidates. There's no better way to do that than through Indeed, the hiring platform that makes it easy to attract, screen, and interview candidates all in the same place. Their interview tool helps you schedule and conduct video interviews right from your employer dashboard. Next to hassle, start hiring Indeed.com slash credit. Saquon Barkley. Barkley high steps at 92 yard touchdown run. His future is up in the air. Free agency, franchise tag again, or a new deal with the Giants. We'll look to get the very latest when Saquon Barkley joins Carlin versus Joe tomorrow at 1 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on Sirius XM Channel 80. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Durant, can he tie it? Oh, he just did! Kevin Durant and Devin Booker lead the Phoenix Suns in a San Francisco to go head-to-head with Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, and the Golden State Warriors in a Saturday primetime showdown. Coverage begins at 8 Eastern with tip-off at 8.30 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ABC. Presented by Indeed. Suns took care of the Bucks last night. Docs 1-4. and four. Hot seat! 
I think that's one way to look at it. Suns <laughs> also getting very, very good at the right time. They are. Very, very good at the right time. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Bundle home and auto and save. Visit Progressive.com. This is awesome. We get Bobby Marks, ESPN NBA front office insider, joining us in studio with the deadline here. The dude is not sleeping right now. I don't know how you no. and Woj and all these guys, Wendy, how anybody's getting any sleep right now whatsoever. You know, my biggest thing for me is that i got to wear, you know, I live in Florida and wear flip-flops around a lot. Like wearing <laughs> shoes. Like, I'm not used to wearing pants and shoes around. Yeah, it's a little you know, so dressed up, so I formal. To, I had to scra- uh, scrape ice off the car last night at one. First time since 2015 doing that. <laughs> well, let's just start here. Who do we expect to be active before the deadline tomorrow? I think Philadelphia, certainly. And I know the Embiid injury and the uncertainty when he comes back. Um, I think there's two ways you, you can look at it. Um, do you kind of punt on 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 uh, on the trade deadline with the belief? Let's wait until the off season. We've got flexibility. We've got draft picks. We can be active then. Or do you become you become more aggressive now with the belief that Embiid comes back in six weeks or eight weeks, and you can still be in that six seed or that five seed? I think the goal for them is to stay out of the Boston bracket, the top part of the bracket there. Um, but you're trying to thread a needle here where you're, you're, you're trying to preserve your flexibility this offseason while you can improve right now. So what does that mean? You know, players like Bojan Bogdanovic, who's got a non-guaranteed contract next year, Malcolm Brogdon. Um, I don't know if Gordon Hayward does anything for, um, for the guys like that who are kind of those short-term Bruce Brown in Toronto, short-term rental um, right now, you don't want to go out and get a guy that's got like three years left on his deal because then you all of a sudden you get Embiid back and you're like, wait a minute, they don't fit together. Mm. That's the danger uh, with that. Outside of Philly, who else could you see making a move? A lot of teams in the West log jammed yeah. at the top. It's a great conference this year. The Western Conference, you guys had just t- touched on a little bit with Milwaukee. If Milwaukee was in the Western Conference, they'd be in trouble right yeah. now. Yeah. Right? You go one and four and you're in the playing. Um, when you look out West, whether it be the Clippers did the Harden deal already. Um, Oklahoma City is the wild card, of course, because they're sitting on 11 tradable first. They got like 21 seconds. Can you get a little 21 bit? 21 seconds? 21 seconds. Well, here's the thing. This is, why, this is why we're in this little bit of this, um, this, this slow period right now is that we've got 11 teams control 75% of the first round picks in the next seven years. 11 teams. So, I'm writing that down. 11 teams control. The, 75% of the of the first round picks over the next seven years. Oh, my God. And, and led by, you know, certainly Oklahoma City. And then we've got Utah and New York is another team there. So they're monopolizing all these picks. So if you're if you're Denver out there and you want to try to get into the into the trade market, you really don't have anything to 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 uh, to trade here. Um, that's the uh, that's Minnesota is another example. Minnesota has all their picks going to, to um, Utah as part of the Donovan Mitchell trade. They've got four seconds to move. They've got some small salaries here, very top heavy. Um, that's the challenge. All these good teams want to get in, but they're they're really limited as far as um, what they have to offer. Now, this doesn't feel like superstars that are going to be available, but certainly meaningful pieces. It's Bobby Marks joining us, ESPN NBA front office insider. Um, who is available right now that's going to move the needle for teams? Well, here's the beauty of of uh, making trades in the regular season versus the offseason. Regular season is very reactionary. What happened last night? Who's playing well? So if this was the offseason, you would say Chicago should be, 
right? Chicago is in the plan. Um, had a good win against Minnesota, but you've it was got an insane comeback yeah, last night. I mean, Minnesota and had and him dead, and they've played a pretty good basketball, but they're still three games under five hundred. Um, so you look at Demar Derozan, potentially could become a free agent. Alex Crusoe has a couple years left. That would, Derozan for me would be that's the guy if you're the Lakers, for example, even Philly. If you mm. want to go out and get a short term rental and it costs you maybe a first-round pick, go out and try to get DeMar DeRozan. But then you look at Atlanta. We, we talk a lot about DeJounte Murray. They'd won three out of four games. They're probably thinking, you know what, let's reevaluate when we get into the um, in, into the offseason. So then you're saying, well, who's available? You know, Charlotte has a bunch of guys down there, certainly P.J. Washington and Gordon Hayward. The Miles Bridges situation is very tricky. Yeah. And I, and I say that, you know, on the court, he can help you. But, man, there's a lot that's coming with it. And there's a pending court case on February 20th, and you better be out in front if you're a team that wants to go out and acquire him with your fan base as far as all the legal stuff uh, there. The Lakers are obviously going to be a big topic of conversation. Everyone expects them to be active, but there's only so much they can do. What what can they do for LeBron? Yeah, I mean, it's a process of elimination, right? You look at their roster, so you take a LeBron, AD, and Austin Reeves off the board right now. Um, you can't trade... Um, uh, Jared Vanderbilt, he's hurt. Gabe Vincent's injured. So now it's like we've got a bunch of guys on minimums, and now it's D'Angelo Russell, who's played well the last five games, and Rui Hachimura. Those are your two centerpieces here. And then you look at their draft picks. They have a 2029 first. That's it. And a couple seconds to go out and do a deal. That's not going to get you DeJounte Murray if you want to go out and, and do something. It's probably not going to get you Dorian Finney-Smith here. Um, and that's the challenge. They have... They've turned over their roster since last December. There's only four players left. So it's not like Rob Plink is not trying here. I think maybe a little bit of fool's gold as far as how far they went as far as uh, that last year and that, uh, getting to a Western Conference Finals. But more of it's just kind of margins around, um, you know, around, you know, Royce O'Neal would be good, a big wing defender here. And it probably doesn't cost you first. Uh, I had a great Q&A the other day on ESPN.com. I told you during the break, it took me about five times to read it because you have to try to understand everything that's going on when it comes to financials. But just kind of cliff noting it for me, what teams financially right now, and I'm specifically going to include the Warriors here, are going to have trouble doing much at all considering the new CBA rules without getting into the week. Yeah, I mean, we've got basically nine teams, whether it be Denver, Golden State, Miami, Minnesota, um, Boston, um, certainly those teams. Here's here's the one thing to think about. We're in this use-it-or-lose-it scenario. Once the offseason starts, these teams will not be able to send cash in a deal. They're not going to be able to aggregate combined contracts. They can't take back more money. Um, all these restrictions, these harsher restrictions are going to start, like trade exceptions as far as acquiring players, are going to start in, in mid-April here. So this is basically their the, these teams' last crack at it as far as to improve their roster outside of you know outside of their own players and and certainly if they still have their draft picks. Can you hang out for a few minutes? Sure. I was going to ask the exact same thing. Yeah. I was like, we got a million questions. We didn't even talk about the Knicks. Would love it if yeah, you could hang out again. Definitely. Yes. It's Bobby All Marks right. joining us. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. We will get into how concerning it is that the Bucks are off to this one and four start under Doc Rivers next on ESPN Radio and on the iHeartRadio app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is the guy you want to hear from with the trade deadline a little over 24 hours away in the NBA. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. And on the ESPN app, Bobby Marks is with us in studio. He's been good enough to hang out for a uh, a second segment with us because all of his stuff, first segment, just absolutely phenomenal. Uh, how concerning for you would the Bucks 1-4 and four start be under Doc? As I, If I was in the West, I would be concerned. The, the Eastern Conference, it basically... It lets it, you figure it out because even if you slide a little bit, where are you going to go to three, the three seed, or the maybe the four seed here? They've got enough talent to to they've played better defensively. I think that's the big thing. But now you've got Middleton gets hurt in the Phoenix game. He walks out of there with a boot on his uh, on his foot. Um, Giannis um, Lillard didn't play last night. Um, so you, and your bench is not deep. Mm-hmm. That's that's your big thing. Your bench is, is not deep, and you're integrating a new head new head coach here. Um, so I'm not I'm not. It's not a five alarm fire right now, but certainly, listen, you you're all in, right? Like this is championship or bust. This isn't getting to the second round. This is not getting to an Eastern Conference Finals. Like the expectation is that when you go out and do the Lillard trade, and then you fire a coach who was thirty and thirteen, that and replace him with Doc Rivers, that you know, we're, we're expected to get to it, um, to an NBA finals here. So I'm not overly, overly concerned, but listen, they're not, they're a separation between them and Boston. Clear separation. Well, with that in mind, uh, with the Embiid injury, yeah, they were the five seed and, and currently are, but is there a team in the East that it opens up the most for with that injury? Well, I mean, I think certainly New York, but they're also dealing with their own injuries as far as with Randall and then and an OB and then Brunson sprains his ankle in the Memphis game. Um, it's, you know, certainly where they're sitting. When you look at New York, um, I said it last night, the most important player in New York right now is Evan Fournier. <laughs> and, I, and, and not because of his contract. Yeah. He's got an $18 million contract. That you can use as a big trade chip. Yep. Um, and you've got eight firsts to trade and you've got 11 seconds and you can go out and, and do some things here um, with that. Nobody's talking about Cleveland. It, it is remarkable. 14 to 15, right? It is remarkable yeah. what Cleveland has. And I said this and I listen, I went on TV back in, I think, December 15th when um, uh, Darius Garland and Evan Mobley were ruled out. And they were 13 and 12. And I said, listen, there's going to have to be a conversation eventually about Donovan Mitchell. If this team continually plays at 500, because you're going to have to figure out as far as what the future is going to have. Maybe that's in the, in the offseason here. And Mitchell has played as good as any player right now. 
Garland and Mobley are back. Their bench is really good. Um, it opens up for them. We, we could be, you could wake up in, um, a month from now and you'd be like, wait a minute, how's Cleveland the two seed? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, 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 I'll Milwaukee's be honest, I woke up, woke up then and looked at it today and I asked myself yeah, that question. Exactly. <laughs> so it's, um, it's, it's, it's pretty, so those two teams, I would think certainly everybody else after that. Indiana's a nice story and Miami, who knows, will there be, um, but I would say, you know, certainly New York and I think Cleveland, it, it, it opens up for them. Where do you land on the 65 game rule that has caused a lot of chaos this year? Mostly around Embiid and his MVP case, but we're talking all NBA yeah. teams, contracts, but a point we've made on this show, the poster children for load management in LA, yeah. they're playing every night. <laughs> Kawhi and Paul George are out there, so it is working to an extent. Yeah, so uh, 65 game rule, it impacts 3% of all NBA players. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. like, I like financially. Yeah. Like, from the financial, there's 13 guys, and certainly Tyrese Halliburton is the guy, right? And we've seen him kind of come back from that hamstring injury because there's $40 million. Now, what's to say, now he's playing 20-20, what's to say he's going to make All-NBA, even with him coming back right now? So it impacts him. It certainly impacted Embiid. I didn't get caught up with, oh, they had to roll him out because he's got to play. Like, right. I, I, I understand that there. Um, but it is ironic that the two guys, or the team, that we basically <laughs> put this rule in, that Kawhi, you could put him up there for MVP conversation, and he's playing, and Paul George is playing here. Um, and I understand it. We need. We work for ESPN. We want the stars out there tonight. When we have Golden State, Philadelphia, we want Steph Curry out there. We want you know certainly Clay is struggling, and we want Tyrese Maxey out yeah. there. We want Zion out here tonight, um, and and then the All Stars in in, uh, in in LA too. So I'm I understand it. I get it. Um, I don't think I don't think the league has to tell us how to vote. As far as you know, last year Giannis played 62 games and had the most votes of all all players all NBA. And would have, been, would have been ineligible for that. And he had the most votes of, of all players for All NBA. He had 500 votes. That was the most out of out of the 15 players here, and would have been ineligible here. So there's that angle also here where, and what I think will ha- would ha- what could hurt is that there will be guys making All NBA that probably don't deserve. Yeah, and that because could trigger some financial. There ramifications well, there. See, but this is the thing for me. Unintended I, consequences. That's very good. Uh, yeah, and I, I got no issue with Halliburton doing it because of the $40 million extra that he could get. The Embiid thing throws me off because he's already got the MVP, yeah. and he knows better than anybody what he needs in order to help cement his legacy. So if, if that's the reason he was back on the court, to me, that's a little bit more on Embiid for making that decision. Or... You know, I don't know who's factoring into that decision. Is it the Sixers? Is it Joel? Who is it? Well, Especially off all well, that Well, we t- I was talking to you offline before he said, I think that San Antonio game took a lot out of him. Yeah, when the 70-point game. Yeah, the 70-point game. I said, I, was t- I said it was like when Johan Santana pitched for the Mets, pitched a no-hitter, and that was the last time we saw him. It's a great that analogy was right there. That yeah. was, scary, that was, scary you know, foreshadowing. after but... that, you know, he, you know, he didn't play in Denver, and everyone went crazy. And then he certainly gets hurt in, in Golden State, and I think there's a lot of there's a lot of wear and tear, um, you know, for him. Bobby Marks with us, Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. What do I make of OKC in Minnesota in the West? Love the stories. Two great teams, two top five defensive teams, which is always going to be key at the most important time of year. Are they in it for the long haul? Either one. You know, it's funny if one if both those teams are the one and two seed, and somehow they get Phoenix and the Lakers in the first round. They're going to be the underdog. 
That and because what's going to happen with Golden State? Everyone's going to and I, I went through it in New Jersey in 2002 when we had a young young team and inexperience. Is that you haven't done anything in the playoffs? Seven game series is yeah. a different animal here, you know. And that's why I think for them, can they get a little more size? Um, I thought you know maybe a guy like Andre Drummond. Minnesota's battle tested because they've been there. They haven't been able to advance, but you're seeing some. Some things that are concerning as far as closing games, the inability to, to to close games. I think they're great stories because they're different. When those two teams play, you're not worried about it being 140 to 135. Like you're gonna lock up. This it's like playoff basketball there. And then you got Denver kind of just hanging in the back, right? Kind of, you know, you know, can we can they get to one? Are they gonna be the three seed? And then and then you look at you know Clippers and then Phoenix, um, you know, who's played better and or but the West is West is dangerous. I mean, it is. It is. Western deep. playoffs will oh, be awesome because there's awesome. so many good storylines. You don't even mention the Kings. Kings well, are playing good yeah, basketball. Yeah, I mean, even Dallas. Yeah, like Dallas, I think is in seven right now, and they might not get. They, you, we could say like when the play-in is over. Wait a minute, the Mavericks are in a lottery. Had that happen? Yeah, I mean, Kyrie came back the other night, looked pretty good. Yeah, they're yeah, they're getting good. healthy. That that should turn some things around. If you're gonna give me a dark horse in the next 24 hours of a team that's gonna do something, if you had to pick one, who would it be? My former team, the Nets. Really? Okay. And I don't not not to the point where they're going to trade these the picks they have from Phoenix and they've got a Dallas pick. I just think they're at a point now where they don't control their own first in the next four years um, uh, because of the, the Harden trade. Houston has them, and they're ten games out of under five hundred right now. So pick a direction. Yeah. Pick a direction where you want to go if you want to offload. Um, Dorian Finney-Smith or Royce O'Neal, or you want to try to go get DeJounte Murray, and it costs you Dorian Finney-Smith and Spencer Dinwiddie in a first because you are going to need something back as far as, you know, I, th- I don't think you can take a major step back. Um, so I think Brooklyn is in, uh, appealing because they've got a lot of players that a lot of teams like. But for right now, the, f- the team isn't fitting well. And I am concerned, and I know Mikhail Bridges has two years left on his contract after this year. I am just concerned that... He'll wake up one morning, maybe in the off season or maybe next year from now, and be like, "I don't like losing." Yeah, I don't like. I want to go. I want to go across the river. I don't like <laughs> <Yeah>. losing. <laughs> Bobby, awesome stuff as usual. Thank Boy, you. we couldn't ask for more right there than we got in the last fifteen minutes. We got to be on cruise control. <laughs> Absolutely, best radio ever. Hey, listen, get some sleep, get a nap, <laughs> slide one in there somewhere. You coffee guy? Oh, uh, I'm loaded up. Uh, I'm giddy good. up. There we go. Bobby Marks. <laughs> Thanks, guys. ESPN NBA front office insider. It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio on Sirius XM Channel 80. Where would the Chiefs dynasty rank? That is up next. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.